Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Hello, welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for Saturday, December 12, 2009. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. We're coming at you live with fresh news and updates on Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time at 6 p.m. This is the place to be to get heard and to hear what's going on on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. We have an interesting show for you today. You got something to say? Say it. Stand up, speak out. Brother Blondie will be talking on the topic of the alleged Cleveland Strangler, Anthony Sowell. So stay tuned in on what's up with the Columbus, Ohio NAACP and more talk on judicial misconduct concerns. Come and join us and let's talk about it next Saturday at 12 on December 19, 2009, on the topic about preachers pimping in the pulpit. And some have been under investigation. So if you know some preachers with questionable pimping behavior, get in on this conversation. This is a hot topic. If you have any questions or concerns about anything that is newsworthy, contact Brother Blondie at Hotmail.com or W. Clardy at Families and Victims of Fraud. Even visit the website at www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com because this is the place to be heard and to hear what's going on right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. We hope to hear from you today and next Saturday. Brother Blondie, pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. We'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, we are back right here on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Um, definitely, we are going to be talking on the topic of the alleged Cleveland Strangler, Anthony Sowell. Of course, with your 
truly co-host Brother Blondie. And, you know, he's coming up with some other things that he want to say to you before he gets started. We want to give him a chance to holla at you this evening. Brother Blondie, what's going on? Give us some updates. What's up with the song? Because the song is, is really, really rocking for Christmas. Well, you know, Lordy, Miss Claudia, speaking of the Christmas music, coming from the controversial CD Christmas on Death Row, <laughs> Those are the sounds of Snoop Dogg featuring Nate Dogg, Corrupt and Badass. And the name of that song is Santa Goes Straight to the Ghetto. Ghetto, we're going to be playing some Christmas music throughout the show. And one Christmas song uh, that I will be playing in our later music break is a jam that's celebrating its 30th year. You was only 15 years old, Lardy Miss Cardi, when you first heard it, and you liked it. You oh, know, I did? Oh, okay. Yes, you did. All right, all right. So, getting to the news at hand, uh, before I get to Mr. Anthony Soul, a lot of tragic things happened through our one month hiatus, and it's good to be back. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes, Great uh, to be back. This comes from CBSnews.com. Uh, this tragic incident has happened in uh, North Carolina, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Five-year-old Shania Nicole Davis was found murdered last month. And the man that killed her, Mario Andrette McNeil, 29, was charged with first-degree kidnapping and uh, murder. And her mother, the mother, Antoinette Nicole Davis, 25, was arrested on the theft that she prostituted her mm-hmm. own five-year-old daughter, Lardy Miss Clardy. That's not good. That's good. No, it's not uh, good at all. Oh, I mean, and the police received the tip that Shania's body was dumped off of Walker Road off the North Carolina Highway 87, mm-hmm. said Teresa Chance, a spokeswoman for the Fayetteville Police Department, and about Twenty about 250 law enforcement agents and volunteers searched that area, wow. but moved farther uh, south that later afternoon. And you, you you know right before she was murdered, Lardy Miss Clardy, videotape evidence showed uh, 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 showed uh, Mario Andrette McNeil carrying five-year-old Shania Davis. Out of the hotel. What? Come on. You got to be serious. You ain't yeah. serious. Uh, that, that's kind of cold that, you know, people would, you know, do some, do some crazy stuff like that to a to baby, you know? But how the hell are you going to sell your five-year-old daughter for sex just because you owe the dope man? And I'm and I'm here to tell you, uh, economic issues. Uh, Lord, uh, well, and common sense issues. But too. but but you know what, Lord, Lord and Miss Unfortunately, this goes on all the time. This is a Marlene Carson type story. So, uh, Mar- uh, Marlene, if you're listening, uh, give us a call. We'll do a future show on it. But now we're going to get to the other side of 
racial injustice. Yeah, tell us about this uh, Anthony Solo person. You know, I heard that, you know, he's been killing up a lot of women, you know, in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, you know, they got him now, you know, uh, supposedly he's supposed to be uh, pleading to insanity. You know what the sad part about this pleading to insanity, Lord and Miss Clardy, I'm afraid that a jury may buy that. And perhaps they've already had. I mean, you you know, think uh, think about it. Uh, the 11 victims were found in Anthony Soil's house mm-hmm. or in the backyard, buried mm-hmm. between October, and the bodies were recovered between. Thursday, October 29th, and Tuesday, November 3rd. Wow. And the recent. Yes, five of the bodies were found in his Imperial Avenue's uh, backyard. I mean, and Anthony Soil, who is 50 years old, served in the Marines from 1978 to 1985, says Scott Wilson, the FBI spokesman in Cleveland. You. You, you know, he was stationed various times at Paris Island, South Carolina, Cherry Point, North Carolina, Okinawa, Japan, and Camp Pendleton, California. And the city of East Cleveland is also reviewing three unsolved slayings in 1988 and 1989 after Seoul returned uh, there from service and the Marines, and before he went to prison for attempted rape. Wow. So has been charged in Cleveland with five counts of aggravated murder in connection with the bodies found in the home. He was indicted indicted on one count of attempted murder, two counts of rape, two counts of kidnapping, two counts of felony assault in an incident September 22nd that led to the search of his home. I mean, now, he's asked uh, for an attorney, and you you know, Lordy Miss Clardy, this really hurts me. Uh, You know, it started getting a lot of press at first. Jane Willis Mitchell was doing a show on it, and and I'm kind of upset with the media. You know, they shine away from this story. Why are they shying away from the story, Brother Blondie? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Because for some strange reason, Tiger Woods' infidelity is getting bigger press than Anthony Soil, and I think that's wrong. All Tiger did was cheat. He ain't killed. He ain't killed nobody. No. This man killed eleven, raped and killed eleven women. And you want to talk about insanity? This stuff he did, Lardy Miss Clardy, is nowhere close to saying. He was very articulate with not only the killings, but the type of black women he killed. Oh, come on. What kind of, what's the type of black women that he was killing? What kind were they? I didn't know that there was, you know, uh, a type. Yes. Okay, so what kind of type was it? These were women with bad reputations and bad rap sheets. They were either tricks, they were either crackheads, mm. they were either drunks, 
they they were they had a rap sheet. Uh, you you know which therefore the police uh, didn't take you know them seriously. In fact, of these eleven victims, and I'll name all the names. Okay. Tanya Carmichael, fifty-two years old. Talacia Fortson, thirty-one years old. Thirty-one-year-old mm-hmm. Tashana Carver. I mean Culver. Forty-three-year-old Nancy Cobbs, forty-seven-year-old Amelda Hunter, thirty-eight-year-old uh, Crystal Dozier, forty-five-year-old Michelle Mason, forty-eight-year-old Janice Webb, forty-four-year-old uh, Kimmy Vet Smith, twenty-five-year-old Lashonda Long, and thirty-eight-year-old Diane Turner. You know what? What's the funny part about this is that you know then. with 
uh, his kidnapping and, you know, almost almost uh, murder. Mm-hmm. I forget the mayor of Cleveland, mm-hmm. but it was one of his nieces. Come on. Yeah. What was she doing around there? Well, you know, uh, uh, she was an alcoholic. Okay. You know, rap sheet for theft and all that. Mayor's and, and, daughter? Uh, niece. Oh, Mayor's niece. I yes. mean, still, you know, that's still immediate family. Well, yeah. But but the thing is, though, uh, Lordy Miss Cardi, she said in an interview mm-hmm. that when, when he kidnapped her and was about to kill her, he told her, because you a black woman with a rap sheet, the police is not going to give a damn about you. Doesn't that sound familiar, Lordy Miss Cardi? Haven't I been saying this about the judicial system not giving a damn about you from the very beginning that we started this show? Well, you're talking about far as you know. Far as the judicial system in general, mm-hmm. and he's right. In fact, uh, three of them victims. Uh, you know, family members didn't even report missing. And they've been missing for over a year. Whoa. I mean, the police, people smelled something was funny, but because he lived next door to a sausage plant. Mm. They he, thought it was the meat yeah. plant. Yeah. yeah, they thought it was the uh, a meat plant. Mm. Um, you know, I just don't, I just don't uh, understand. And here are the unsolved. Uh, East Cleveland Slayers of Rosalind Garner mm-hmm. in, on May 27, 1988. Mm-hmm. Carmella Prater on February 27, 1989. And Mary Thomas on March 28, 1989. Yeah, that was a, that was a real long time. And I about them until now. No, I didn't find uh, nothing about them until now. Cause wow. Keep, keep in mind, you know, Lordy Miss Cardi, we've shows on the no snitching. Mainstream talk shows has done shows the no snitching. I agree. Well, look what the no snitching thing has done. The no snitching has helped Anthony Soil get away with all these murders. Hey, and all of these murders are black women. I mean, how did the police find out about him, how did they find out that he had any dealings with any killings? Did they know about this? Did they already know about this beforehand, you know? No, not not, not at all. In fact, they went to search his house on another matter. Uh, what was that? I mean, well, well according uh, to, to the police, he was... Uh, he was facing two of of felony uh, assault on an incident that happened on September twenty second. Felony uh, assault. Yes, which which led which led to uh, uh, the search of his home. I mean, I just don't understand. You you know. I mean, what the hell was going in this man's mind? That well, that's what I that's what where I'm at at this point is what was literally going through his mind. Now, when you spoke about the needs of the mayor 
and he said that, you know, nobody would care or even even care if he did or not, you know what I mean? The point that he said that was because if she had a rap sheet, I'm sure that that's something that he did speak on. You know, um, you know, I guess if you were really a finger about anything, I guess, you know, um, I guess the system wouldn't uh, uh, care one way or the other, you know what I mean, about whether or, you know, whether you live or whether you are or not. You know, but it's a sad thing because I guess society would probably look at this and say, he probably did us a favor. You know, when he helped us to keep the prostitutes and everybody, and he drugs and stuff, and alcoholics and drug addicts off the street. And, you know, and even though that he did this and it might have been wrong and, and how he done done it, perhaps, you know, to, in their mind, you know, they feel as though that, uh, you know, he was doing a good thing. But, Lordy, Miss Cardi, this is where the judicial fall in. This is where your expertise as the founder of Families and Victims of Fraud uh, c- comes in. Had this incident happened in such neighborhoods in Cleveland like Avon Lake, like West Lake, or Shaker Heights, he wouldn't have never gotten away with these type rapes and murders. Murders. I mean, them white folks would have smelled that odor, called the police right then and there. Okay. Yeah. And the police would have took care of their business. Okay. However, even if it was done in those areas, would those particular type suburb people would have cared, you know, what happened to their daughter or their whatever, uh, daughter or, or niece or whatever out there in the street, walking in the streets at night, you know, smoking crack, alcoholics, and what so? Would they really would have you know, gotten together? And, and rally together because, you know, their daughter or their wife or their niece is out there on the street and got nabbed by a crazy guy that, you know, happens to be now pleading insanity for something that's been done uh, to him. Obviously, as I said, it has to be that he is has gotten some aid, something that has caused him to snap and to only direct his anger to the people or women of the night, you know. Now, granted that the women of the night are people, too, and human, and for whatever reasons that they are out there, just like the men, okay, but nevertheless, would those people in the suburbs would have give any more care than a poverty-stricken place in the rural area you know, if, if as the same as, as, and since they're black, you know, and he's only targeting blacks, not to mention just what you said about white people, but in this case, it's black, black women, okay? So obviously, uh, that's out of the equation because he's not looking at anybody white. He's looking at black women, and these particular black women, um, obviously, as I said, something happened sexually from allowing himself to be involved with these type of women, and he's blaming these women for his thought process when he shouldn't have, um, even though he's pleading insanity, it still don't make what he did was right because you have to own up to your part 
and what you do to hurt yourself, you know? And so what difference does it make if it was, like you were talking, white or black, you know, if you got, you know, uh, somebody's daughter that's out there in the street, of course you will want to, you know, help them and all the rest. But if they're gone and there's nothing that you can do, then they're left, you know, with, you know, the parents, the parents or, or relatives can't do anything but pray or whatever the case may be. But making a long story short, I don't think that they would have given a darn as well either because there's nothing that they can do about it. Well, maybe not, Wendy, but let me tell you what would have definitely happened had it been in a suburb. I guarantee you the white residents would have complained just one time oh, you talk about, about a foul odor in, in his house, and the police would have definitely investigated. Okay, well, they would have gone case. out of the way to, to, to look in his house and, and smell what funny odor is that. Not saying, not in, in, instead of, you know him saying, oh, that's the meat uh, factory plant next door. I mean, well, you know, again, um, you, you may be right, but how do any of us know, you know, if there's a plant that's on the other side and giving off a foul smell, it could be very, very much well that, you know, it was a smell that could not uh, be, be um, separated, maybe, you know? I don't know. But I know what, why, uh, not that I do know, but my question is, is what happened to him to go on such a spree to kill nothing except, you know, people with, women with background records? and also with a drug abuse problem, alcoholic problem, or, you know, or being a prostitute, unless he himself was involved or engaged with these type of women and something happened to him physically for him to snap. And by reason of insanity, he went on this spree, you know, because he's taken it putting the blame out there as though that these women did something to him when it was him that went out there and did the cause, you know, and that's what yeah. we talk about when we talk about, you know, victimization, you know, we cause our own demise, you know. I'm even speaking for no you know, in that regard, when we're talking about walking through this life and being around people, you know, you're you're subject to victimism at any point in your life. Then it's not like you know, uh, uh, like it's a once in a lifetime thing that happened to you. This is something almost that is during your whole lifetime that you can be victimized by anyone or even from your own self doing it. And until the person ex- acknowledges what they did to get something reactive done back to them, okay, they cannot be proactive to prevent it, you know, from happening. And in this case, not everybody, uh, you know, can handle what they do to themselves by putting themselves out there to uh, to get something uh, done to them that may cause them to blow their mind, you know what I mean, and do something as, as, as 
unconscionable as what this man has done. And even though it's unconscionable, you know, I still don't think by reason of insanity should be the reason why. You know, I don't think that the courts should 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 look at that because it's deliberate from a deliberate, you know, uh, something that was done to him. So deliberately he did it. Well, you know. Or at least that's the way I feel. Well, I'm sure he can blame it on society, but that's such a cop out. Well, of course it is. It's a I mean, cop out. I mean, but you know, the bottom line is he played insane because obviously he doesn't want to die, or, or, or he doesn't want to do a lifelong sentence. I don't know if they're gonna give life or whatever. But but Lordy, Miss Clardy, we know how the judicial system responds when it comes to black-on-black nationwide. You're talking about black-on-black crime. Black-on-black crime. So they're going to be more lenient on him and still allow him life, even though that he, that, but if this would have been I have, evidence, around, I have evidence that that supports uh, my uh, my story. Think, think about it, Lordy, Miss Cardi. This past summer, when we did a show on, on Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and, and Dr. Brad Murray, do you know what has happened since then? The police gave Dr. Conrad Murray his license back. He's back to practicing medicine. Oh, no. They now, didn't put him in jail. No, didn't do a day. When you and I both know damn well had that been Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger, or Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> Dr. Conrad Murray be in jail right now. Yeah, he would be in jail. I, I, would, I, would, I would agree. I mean, we, 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 we see this pattern. We're the first talk show host in this country, Lardy Miss Party, ever to expose this other side of racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Justice. When, when everybody else, when, when all the other mainstream talk show uh, hosts, black or white, are I- ignoring this, uh, this problem. problem. Now, as far as mainstream, only uh, Jane Velez Mitchell and uh, Nancy Grace of CNN has has even spoken about the the racial side of of of, of all of this. Okay. They they've also has called out the uh, ju- judicial system uh, for this this type of unjust. Now myself personally, uh, Wendy, I know what one dead body smells like. Those police officers in Cleveland should have had the knowledge to notice eleven. If you know what one dead body smells like, I mean, you are you saying that 11. eleven was in the house? Yes. And they couldn't smell none of that. What? Five in the house, six in the backyard. Hmm. You mean to tell me? Interesting. You mean to tell me the the the, the police can tell? We're talking about the police here. But then let's say that let's say that there's another side where you know perhaps the police did know. Okay, perhaps the police did know somehow and just didn't, uh, just ain't said nothing. There's more that's going to come out about the story here in a few. He's got, what, two, three more? Don't sit there and tell me that the Cleveland PD did their job because so far they did nothing. I mean, well, don't get all upset about it. You know what I'm saying? Don't go there. I mean, but just recognize that they ain't done nothing about it. He's going to court. We gotta find out what else is happening. 
you know, with it. And and as I said before, I want him to fry, but I'd be very surprised if he gets the death penalty. Tell me, why do you want him to fry? Over now, listen. The question is, why do you want him to fry, Anthony Soul? Why do you want him to fry when all he did was kill? Women that were prostitutes, drug addicts, drunk, and bad rap sheep. Tell me why you want them to fry. Because, Lordy, Miss Clardy, after being a member of families and victims of fraud for over a year, you've showed me to understand, you taught me, Wendy, how to understand judicial fraud and what judicial fraud is uh, really about. Explain. At the end of the day, these 11 women are still victims. They were victims of a heinous crime in which this man took advantage of. How did he take advantage of it? Because he was in the military long enough to know how the judicial system works. He was smart enough to know that if he got someone educated, a cop's daughter and all that, one PT will have a task force and it be media outlets, circuits, and all, all that type stuff. He knew that any woman that he picked, he knew that the police was not going to buy their side of the story. And 99.99% of the time, time uh, he's absolutely right on that. As in the uh, case of this, this, imagine this, Lardy Miss Clardy. What if that been someone like Elizabeth Smart or John Benet Ramsey or Kaylee Anthony? Well, we have seen them all on the news. Yes. Yeah, we've seen them on the news. Yes. And there's uh, uh both justice. are babies. You yeah. know what I'm saying? These what if, are grown what if, women. What if oh okay. What if any one of them grown women were 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 were, were all of were all of Tiger Woods mistresses? Huh? Would it would it would it be a would it be a big story then? Then would, would the police care then? Or what if what if that been a, a doctor? A lawyer, PA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just said yourself earlier this show. These women are human beings as well. That's right. They sure are. No regards of what lifestyle they have been involved in. Of course, he wouldn't have known what them to be the way they are. It's like we really don't know what caused him to become what he had become and to do what he had did. This is why, you know, the story is going to grow, and it's going to be a very big story. And now that is a part of the news media, no matter if it is black-on-black crime, um, this definitely will give, you know, black women, even those from the street, because, see, you know, there's more of, more of those Anthony Soils running around. It don't necessarily have to be in Cleveland, Ohio. It could be one here in Columbus, Ohio, or anywhere else, you know, that deals with, you know, black women that's from the nightlife and the night street and in the night, walking in the night, 
you know, that their lives could be in danger. You know, uh, I, again, when I say that the women uh, that were killed, yes, they were. They were victims of, of his set, of way he was thinking when he killed them. But they're, they're more than just victims of his mindset, Lordy Miss Cardi. Mm-hmm. Where you come in at, mm-hmm. they're also victims of judicial fraud. Yes, there we, is. We've both exposed it. I've also shown the the public at uh, last month's Black Anti-Defamation uh, Council meeting mm-hmm. with the 614 DVD. We both saw the fist fights and the domestic violence that was going on in front of the police, yeah. and they did nothing, no handcuffs or nothing. Nothing, nada. Well, we know when the courts do what they do, um, that there is a large amount of disproportionate, um, um, you know, in racial uh, uh, issues when they do a, a, a judgment when it comes to whites and blacks by themselves, you know, when we look at it as a racial issue. And then uh, 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 the question to me would be this. What do they do when they, when white people uh, are doing white on white crime to one another? Do they still slide? You know what I mean? That you have to look at it from that point of view too, because yes, there's always another side to this side of black on black crime. What about white on white crime? Well, and if they had a serial killer like John Manson, I mean Charles Manson, okay, and he killed white people, okay? I'm serious. Manson. Yeah. Number white people. You see what I'm saying? And he still lives. I mean, I, I don't know if he's living now. But well, yes, 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 yes. He's still living. He's still filing for appeals, but he's still There you go. Now, listen, you know, that's, you've got to look at it from that point of view, too. You know, because here is a man, Charles Manson, that killed, you know, oodles of nothing but white people. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And then... Here you have this man, Anthony Sowell, who has been killed, you know, the 11 that we know, and then they're looking at 85 more. But the, real, but the real difference, you know, as, as far as white-on-white, uh, white, in the case of Charles Manson, you know, the police didn't investigate his killings really seriously until he murdered a famous person, actress Sharon Tate. And she was pregnant at the time. You know, when you kill someone in Hollywood, you know the police is going extra special effort and all that. But nevertheless, did he go down and go to 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 die? Uh, no, but, they, he been in there? but they, he's been in there uh, 40 years. Okay, now, the same way, even though we're looking at black-on-black crime and a judicial system, you know, tends to more, you know, slap the hands of each other on in terms of black-on-black black crime and give less sentences to black-on-black black crime, as you would think and say, right? But you look at a man that has been in jail four years and that, that did white-on-white crime, and there have been – they did the same thing to him. There oh, did I – speaking of Charles Manson, 
Uh, I want to tell people this because a lot of people don't know this, but did you know he has his own website? He probably do. He still has followers till this day. Hey, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, hey, he's going to be in jail until, until the day he dies. So whatever followers are following, they follow him right on in jail too. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? And know this, he got the website up, but don't think that the police, and the, and, and the CIA and all of whoever else, they watching all his followers. Yeah. I mean, they watching all his followers. Mm-hmm. He gets uh, uh, fan mail. He gets uh, at, at least 400 love letters a week. Okay. Well, let's look at it like this. Let's, getting back to Anthony Sewell, I think that, you know, even though he done done what he done done, they ain't going to do no more to him than they did to Charles Manson. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, but my issue is is okay when you got a man that has done nothing but target women, black women from the street with a bad rap sheet. Again, what happened to him for the reason why he went on this spree? My what was going on inside of that brain? Just like when I would be looking at Charles Manson, what? What caused him to well, think this way? Was it, you know, was it that he was always a murderer from young? Something happened to him? You know, something, something happening to him from young? What? You know, what's up with that? Or was it really something that might have happened where he had caught AIDS and he still is though his life is on, on, on now, you know, on the calls now, and he says, F every black woman from the street, I kill them all because they're nasty, and him not look at, he was the issue too, because he didn't have to walk out there and be amongst them. He chose to do that. And so my thought is, I want to know what was going on inside of the mind of that man, just like how I used to think about Charles Manson, you know, and so was it from his youth? And just something just came out of, you know, out of, out, you know, later on in his life, something that was deep-seated in him, and it just decided to come out, or was it because of a health issue, something happened to him, laying up on one of, them, one of them, and it just caused him to hate every woman that's from the nightlife and to kill them as much as he could, and knowing that the courts or, you know, the police wouldn't give a darn, like he said, about you because you are already a menace, really, to society. Well, it's obvious, Lardy Miss Cardi, that uh, he's smoking crack or something. You know, maybe something happened in, in the military. He, he during, might be uh, shooting hair on. You never yeah. know. He might be doing both. Maybe the math. I mean, yeah, it, it, it could be any one of those uh Factors. When you look at the picture, he don't look too good. Factors. But I don't think it was any kind of physical abuse or anything like that because if that was the case, Lardy Miss Cardi, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his killings would have been random. Random, not no, not, not, not targeting really. just specifically at black women with, with, with rap sheets. Okay, if it's if it's abuse, you you, you know why, why didn't he attack a school teacher then? Mm-hmm. Someone who may have abused him during the day. You know, you uh, never know. Or uh, 
maybe why didn't he just attack military people? Remember, he was in military from 1978 to 1985. Mm -hmm. I mean, you 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 have to look at those uh, factors of uh, Lardy Miss Clarkie in in all of you, you know his his actions, uh, but the bottom line is, I'm crying out for justice for these eleven victims. They don't need to be put up on the uh, uh, back burner. They're oh. not going to be put put on the uh, shelf. And since mainstream talk radio don't want to do this, it's up to us to talk about it. Of course, we're going to talk about it as this case, as his case uh, progresses. We are going to stay up on this because this is a very interesting, uh, you know, topic. And as it was said here, the investigators they said that he was a convicted sex offender who killed eleven women in in his imperial eleven home. Now that's interesting because okay, now we got an understanding that you know he was already a sex offender. You, you yeah. see what I'm saying? So if he's a sex offender, well, you know, he might have been out, you know, on a prowl and raped one of them and caught something. You never know what, what happened there. You know what I mean? But the point is, is that, uh, you know, saying that hey, he is due back in court on December 24th, which we're, which we're looking forward to, to knowing what happens after then. They're also saying they've approved, they're approving him to hire, uh, or they already have approval to hire mental health experts to examine Sowell. And even before trial, you know, one taxpayer paid mitigation experts to keep him off death row should he be convicted. So, that, you know, it's highly unlikely at this point, to me, as what's being said here, is that he's going to be convicted on death row because they need to get mental uh, uh, evaluations done and also, uh, 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 you know, and to also do some, more, do some more research about this particular gentleman. And he might be another Charles Manson worth holding on to, you know, and doing, doing. Well, he's things. definitely no Manson because Charles Manson was bold at uh, what, what he did. Did. He told the police, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I made my followers uh, do it. I told them to do it. Uh, so there. Uh, well, and, and Anthony Sowell's not doing that. Well, he, he ain't said nothing. No. Anthony Sowell is not saying anything. But he may come out and tell the story, you know. I mean, again, you know, I'm looking at the picture of this gentleman. And, you know, he looks like he's just totally, just totally just, it, it, not that he's out of it, but that he's got a bandetta. This is what I see, and, and he got a bandetta. He he do care, but he don't care because something happened to him. This is what I'm seeing and reading in this picture. But you know what? We're going to be right back. You know, we, we'll talk a little bit more on uh, the suspected strangler, which is uh, Anthony Sowell, and We'll be back, you know, uh, after after we get finished playing a couple of songs or something, and you know, and and, and we'll just reflect on that. But we'll be back more with Brother Blondie. <laughs> Let's 
well, you know, I guess we got too happy because we need to get back on this subject. And I have a caller that is on the line, and we're going to uh, take this time out to uh, to allow this caller to have his speak up, stand up, and speak out about this issue if he has anything or to say about this. Caller, two. Seven one with the four two five area code. Are you there? Yes, ma'am. Hi. How are you doing? Welcome to the Lottie Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Uh, thank you for taking my call. This is Woodman. Hi, Woodman. Yeah. I... Tell, tell us, tell, tell us what you what 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 your what your stance on what we've been talking about. I just kind of joining in on the on your. Show. I didn't really hear much of what you've been saying. I had a hard time hearing anything pop up, so I had to call in. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I'm glad that you did. Um, uh, we were talking about Anthony Sowell, the alleged um, a strangler from Cleveland, Ohio. And uh wanted to, um, you know, we were just talking uh, a lot on this subject and we're, we're following up on this particular uh, 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 news here and wanting to see how people thought about this, especially this, this gentleman that has decided to go on a spree to kill women of the night, especially black women, you know, uh, women that have rap sheets, women that have uh, drug problems and addictions of all sorts, and, you know, he decided to go on this on this rampage to kill them, and him himself was a sex offender. And so we were sitting up here debating, uh, Brother Blondie and I, and Brother Blondie is the one that is uh, conducting this specific segment of the show on the subject. And while we're on, uh, on, online with you, I would like to introduce you to Brother Blondie. Brother Blondie, speak. Well, how are you doing, Wood, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. I gotta say that I'm a bit ignorant as to the conversation, but I am. I live kind of in the area where they had the Green River Killer, so there's some similarities there. Oh, really? Well, tell us about that. I mean, well, I want to get in between what you what you want to say with Brother Blondie, but since you said there was some similarities, explain. Well, the the Green River Killer is, was now now in prison. I can't remember his name specifically, but it went on for years to the point that he was um oh he was killing prostitutes uh drug addicted people and kind of went hand in hand it seemed like and the spree went on for a long time um out here in the Seattle area in king county uh the person that's uh that conducted that investigation is now a congressman uh he was uh Sheriff Reichert of the King County Sheriffs, and they had a pretty big budget to go after uh, the Green River Killer, and it went on for years. They never really could find out uh, who it was. Uh, this person was a sp- suspect early on, and it was mm-hmm. only li- years later that they found out it was a married man, and he was just a psychopath what? that was killing prostitutes. Oh, come on. You see... And that's why I was talking to Brother Blondie about what was literally going on in these in these in these specific killers' minds that made them go out and kill, you know, uh, you know, 
did they catch AIDS? What what happened for them to clock like that? You know, I think it was just um, a sick individual, sick in the head, and I think uh, you know it was just a predator that was preying on people that you know had been lost in society, and um, it was too easy for them, and it was just probably one of those things that you know the police, different people like that. I mean, even though they had an investigative crew after it went on for a long time. I think early on uh-huh. it was uh, just people, uh, ladies of the night, drug addicts, um, people that uh, wow. just out of out of sight, out of mind. And I think it was uh, somebody taking advantage of the situation for their own sick sick uh, lifestyle. You, uh, uh, Green River, that's where the person was dumping the bodies. 
um, really? you know, went on a long time. But they, they had a huge budget to chase after. I mean, after a while, uh, there were so many disappearances and deaths that I don't, the police couldn't take a blind eye. Um, but the, I think the mere fact that it took so long was that uh, um, probably was for the reason they were prostitutes and, and drug addicts and, and one and the same for the most part from what I could tell. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think that it – I think they would have focused on, on the killer had it been uh, just people from the suburban neighborhoods for sure. Now, since you live in Seattle, I, I have to ask you this uh, quick question, not to uh, – but it is about justice here. What was your reaction when uh, a few weeks ago you, you heard about that incident where uh, Maurice, somebody – shot and killed four uh, uniformed police officers in Seattle, and they uh, uh, they, they they ended up shooting and killing. Yeah, my my initial thought. Yes. I thought it was cowardly to kill four innocent people. Number one. Number two. I kind of familiar. This was in the Tacoma area, and. It, it struck me as odd that four cops were hanging out at a coffee shop doing work on their computers when it's it's like, you know, a lot of people are struggling out here in our society right now. Mm-hmm. And that would also go with the Tacoma is, it's a predominantly, um, I don't know, there's, there's different racial groups, et cetera, but there's a lot of people that are out of work. Um, it's tough for everybody that's out there, and not everybody's out there making $85,000 a year. Not everybody has the luxury of hanging out in coffee shops making that kind of money either. And, that's the truth. And I, I think that um, it's real easy for people to sit back and they shake people down, and I think that... Uh, People do get harassed, special people walking around, and other people don't have anything better to do but harass the people that can't find work. And I think there comes a point in time where people have been harassed. And my initial thought was that um, although I thought it was cowardly, I also know that uh, the police don't have the best reputation. I personally don't trust law enforcement. I've had my dealings with law enforcement. And really? Yeah. That, 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 that's awesome that you're saying that because there's a lot of people here in Columbus, Ohio, that feel the same exact way. Why, why, why don't you have any, any faith in them, in the police? Well, when I was 19 years old, I caught some people stealing stereos, and I ended up getting in a fight with six people. And they came and arrested me. Now, I ran because they told me that I was under arrest. I got my head hit on a curb, and that just made me madder when I heard my head sound like a watermelon. So I ended up, um, cops came, and they told me I was under arrest, going to spend the weekend in jail. And I was in a wedding that weekend, and they told me I was going to spend the weekend in jail. So I ran because I was going to be in this wedding one way or another. I wasn't going to embarrass my family. I know, that's right. Mm. <laughs> and they pointed out yeah. my truck across the street, so I turned myself in right there. They uh, 
They ended up put handcuffs on me, had me uh, bent over the hood of the police car, and uh-huh. they told me to relax three times. And after I totally relaxed, they took me by the back of my face and slammed my face in the hood of the car. Oh and so after telling me three times to relax, they pounded my face, and I thought that was a cheap shot. So I kind of went into adulthood looking at it from that perspective. And then uh, years later, I went out and had three beers at a bar. I got pulled over mm-hmm. at one one fifteen on a Saturday night, and um, the cop asked me how much I had to drink, and I told him I had three beers, and I knew I wasn't point zero eight. And uh, needless to say, they took me back to the police station, and I blew less than 07 in a state that touts the point zero eight limit. And again, I knew I wasn't oh eight. When I blew point zero six eight, I said, uh, I guess I'll be grabbing my jacket and keys and seeing you boys later. And that's when these cops just uh, started going off on me. One cop took me in the back room. This was in King County as well. Uh, they were threatening me, calling me a tough guy, antagonizing me, instigating me. Uh, needless to say, um, within 19 minutes of blowing in the breathalyzer, they dropped me off at a public place told me to drink coffee and that I was free to drive home. Then I then got the police report, and it was night and day from what actually happened. They, they absolutely fabricated the police report that uh, counted the cop lying 12 times on the stand. Uh, they testified wow. they impounded my car, yet they did not because um, they let me drive home. So this, this is a cop that has a sustained record of untruthfulness, uh, this was in a town where Mothers Against Drunk Driving started, and they absolutely uh-huh. uh, lied to convict me, and it cost me a job, and I lost my health care, and I have a disease. And so, I mean, I paid like $4,000 for the first attorney because I, I was innocent. And then on wow. my appeal, it was $8,000 because my job was on the line, and they absolutely, I had 20 minutes in appeal, and that's uh, when the Superior Court uh Again, uh, upheld the conviction, and then I got fired. So I paid over $12,000 in attorney bills when I went out $15 in my pocket, and they absolutely lied. So I don't trust cops when they lie. I don't, I don't trust the system. I don't trust the judges. And uh, take a look at this economy. I mean, I lost a $96,000 a year compensation package, and they did it with lies. Wow. Yeah. And then they say, they turn around and say, well, that's what you get for drinking and driving. So if they'll do this to me, they'll do this to anybody. Absolutely. I do agree with that wholeheartedly. And that's a clear, you know, a clear thing as to look at it as that was clear victimization right there and police misconduct. And, you know, it's a shame that uh, um, people don't come together, you know, to, to stand up against stuff like this, as what we were talking about with the Anthony Sowell case, you know, where it had killed 11 people, uh, 11 women, that is, and they getting ready to try him for, you know, um, insanity. And it's so easy to get, to get away with murder, and yet an innocent person such as yourself get convicted. And we were just talking about the, uh, the other side of racial injustice, and so this will also depict a picture of what it looked like even on the other side, that even under those circumstances was even unjust. So, you know, I, my, my, my question would be this. 
you know, if a person such as Anthony Sowell, who who has killed many people and deserved to go on, um, how do you feel about, you know, them trying him for insanity and you yourself have just been involved where, you know, you haven't done anything and yet you get convicted and, and, and you don't even get a, a, a chance to prove your innocence? Well, I guess I had a chance to prove my innocence, but they absolutely fabricated so I couldn't win. Um, my my comment about somebody going to use the insanity plea, I mean, you have to be insane to kill somebody to, to begin with. Um, I mean, there there is negligent homicide. There's, you know, uh, cold, cold, cold murder. And I think, you know, regardless of being sane or insane, you probably still committed the crime. Um, so I, right. I say that if somebody's going to kill prostitutes, that's, that's cold-blooded murder. And one of the reasons why I did not go to law school was because, not because they lied, but the main reason was that people could admit to killing somebody and they could get off on technicalities. I said if the system's going to let people off on technicalities, even though they've admitted it, I don't know that I want to enter a system so wishy-washy as that. I agree. You know, um, there was one time asked of me if I was to go into law school, uh, what, what, I, what would I rather do with my law degree? Would I rather go into the system and try to defend people or become an educator? I told them I'd rather be an educator, a teacher, rather than to take that law degree and go in there and I cannot do the job to practice uh, uh, the law as it was mandated in order to get those licenses to become an attorney. I certainly agree with you. Yeah, I, I looked at law school about two weeks ago. I'm 41 years old. I, I, I think we need good lawyers. Uh, I looked at it. It was $27,000 a year to get into law school. I started looking at the LSAT test, uh, you know, what it would take. And you still don't walk away being a lawyer because you still have to take the bar exam. And I said, that's, a, that's like $120,000 out of my hide to enter a snake's den because that's what the bar association is. Uh, I, you know what? And a lot of people feel the same exact way. Brother Blondie, you got anything to say about this? Uh, you know, Woodman, uh, uh, your incident is an example that judicial fraud is nationwide. It's it's everywhere. It's uh, not just here in uh, uh, Columbus, O-H-I-O, where it's high in the middle and round on both ends. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and, and, and all this, all this from Seattle. Yeah. And, and and keep in mind, really? Lardy, Miss Clardy, Seattle's the hometown of such legends like the late Jimi Hendrix and rap star Sir Mix a lot. Baby got back, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, but you 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 know the bottom line is uh uh what what man what what we doing here about the other side of racial injustice justice. My focus on how the judicial system gives African Americans major times for committing crimes against uh, Caucasians, but they give them a slap on the wrist when they commit crimes against their own race. Have you seen any similarities of that up there in C-Town? 
Um, there, yeah, I mean, you're talking about violent crime or crimes in general? Uh, uh, cr- crimes in general. There was a, uh, a mayor of Seattle whose son was involved with, uh, fraud at, uh, like gambling casinos on Native American, um, reservations. And they were absolutely, uh, oh, it came down to counting cards through the machines that they had. They knew when they were going to get the right cards popping out. And, you know, you kind of followed that case. And, you know, anybody else, they would have gone to prison for a long time. And I don't know if it's celebrity justice or the fact that he was, uh, you know, a son of a white uh, mayor. But I seem to think that they went awfully light in that particular case. Um, that's one that comes to mind. Wow, you know that's 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 really that's really tough. I mean, you even think about, you know, how, as you would call it, uh, celebrity justices, you know, that even they're they're or injustice or injustice, yeah, to get away with such, you know, with such high crime. You know, I mean, they there's got to be a a check and balance done with, you know, our police, our judicial system, you know, and, and other areas of, of agencies that that are doing high high profile crimes and yet they don't get to pay the penalty of what the law says you're supposed to pay. And to me it's just really an unjust, unfair society. And uh, one one thing, uh, Wood Man, that you brought an interesting point in terms of mayor's son, I mean money, uh, uh, so, yeah. uh, so celebrities and stuff. And I'll give you a perfect example, and I say this a billion times on Lardy Miss Clardy, and I'm about to make it a billion and one. If someone like you, Woodman, was in a child custody case and you fail to appear in court one time, you will lose custody of your child. And so would someone like myself or someone like Lardy Miss Clardy. But someone like Britney Spears, on the other hand, failed to appear in court eight times on the child custody case, and this woman still has joint custody. So, yes, there's a lot of uh, favoritism going on within the judicial uh, system. You know, not so much as uh, race, but, you know, the other color, green, as as we all call it, our favorite color. You know, that money, the dollars, you, uh, you you know whose money are you pocketing? It, 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 it says it all. I think you, the system you know, is, far, is... Go ahead. And as, and as far as the case of, of Anthony Soul, I mean, this, this, this hits me uh, uh, per, personally, and I really wanted to... Uh, do, do a show on this because I don't like the fact that this story has been overshadowed by this damn Tiger Woods scandal. That shouldn't even be front page. This man right here, Anthony so he should be the top story on all the uh, news channels. I don't care how many women Tiger Woods slept with. Hell, he's a millionaire. You go to see that's common. Poor people cheat. What the hell make what you think rich people go uh, go, go to do? No, put 
him on the uh, back burner. I don't care about him taking a, a leave of absence. Shoot, I don't even watch golf. Let let alone can we uh, 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 let, let, messing with. My question to you, uh, woman, is uh, what do you think when you hear stories like this, something that needs to be focused on, but it's all overshadowed by Tiger Woods, allegedly affairs? I think there's a lot of things going on in the world that they're trying to uh, overshadow, um, you know, war profiteering, the wars, yeah. the Federal Reserve, justice. I think they, uh, our filtered media absolutely uses things like this to, you know, get people talking about the buzz, and then it totally distracts people, and that's what, uh, you know, they, they know, they know it works. Next thing you know, everybody's talking about all the gold diggers and all that other stuff, yeah. but, yeah, they absolutely uh, – do that kind of stuff on purpose. It, it, um, um, and, 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 and another question, you know, would be, you know, uh, although that they have this so-called overshadowing going on, you know, what would be the most important issue that they need to be uh, more focused on other than overshadowing the issue that would be more important for the people to hear. Do you think that it's un, un, unright the way that they're trying to muddy the waters the way they are to keep more important issues from being surfaced and, and, and put stuff out that, you know, uh, that only present, you know, uh, um, uh, what's the word I want to say, um, that, that just presents, you know, one side of the world, you know, uh, uh, that is bad, and, you know, we don't see what the leaders and everybody is doing is bad. Oh, they might put a little bit out there, but nothing great big where, you know, the NAACP or somebody will want to get involved and, and try to make some changes. What do you think? Well, I think you're hitting on a key subject matter. What, what's most important to me? The truth. And I'll give you a good Absolutely. example. They're talking about the climate change and all that right now. Yet they have yeah. two different two different sciences that are, you know, one is saying there is climate change, the other is saying there is not, and there can only mm -hmm. be one science. So the, the media is lying. You can't have two sciences and two conclusions. Two scientists can't can't go into scientific methodology, and one is true, and then the other's true. Somebody's wrong, right. and somebody's using the media for mind control. So they keep our minds, they control our minds with two-sidedness, and I don't think they really want us to know what's going on, let alone the truth. I, you know what, and I agree with you so much there. And, you know, and it's just a, this, this is probably why, you know, I decided to come up with the Lardy Miss Party blog talk radio show for victimization and fraud uh, so that we can get to matters that, you know, that are of truth rather than, you know, on fiction and, and you know, and going off of what the, what the media is talking about, which we know that that can be propaganda, you know, and given where the people stand at, what, what, what is it that you all are concerned about? I know that this issue with uh, the, the Cleveland Strangler was one of them, but again, you know, that's just another ploy to 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 stammer us from looking at the deeper subjects that are out there, especially when it deals with our police and our judicial system. I believe if we can 
Come up with something, you know, that will cause the people to come together on the issues of judicial uh, misconduct and police misconduct. Uh, we will probably get a whole lot more done because they are the culprits of the reason why life is the way it is, I believe. Now, there are good judges and good lawyers, but not many. And, you know, and, 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 and as we see, this looks like another um, uh, history repeats itself, and, 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 and it's, it's time to do something about it. And when you talk about truth, you're so on point about that because truth has to come out. But nobody wants to talk about these things. And it's good to have you on our show, you know, to share with us on, on the various issues that we have talked about already, and especially the on-point subject, truth. So you yep. know I'm going to come up with that. You know I'm going to come up with that, and I want you back on the show so we can talk about truth. Well, I would like to talk about how history repeats itself. I don't know if I've taken up enough of your time. If I have, maybe no, I'll save ahead. it for another day. No, go ahead, because we're going to have Father 2 coming up next week, and then we're going to be talking about preachers pimping the pulpit. Well, I think uh, we have failed. We have failed as a society when we have allowed uh, the police and prosecutors and judges to do what they've done in our in unjust mm -hmm. system. I think it's an absolute... Um, conflict of interest that we allow law enforcement to investigate their own, the Bar Association yes. to monitor and discipline lawyers and prosecutors, and judiciary commissions to investigate and discipline judges. You know who should be doing that? We the people. So you're saying we should have what you call a citizen's review board? That's what I advocate. Um, they should have the ability to overrule court cases. They should have the ability to be paid with taxpayers' money, and they should have the ability to fully investigate and even get people out of prison. They should be able to prosecute the prosecutors. Um, they should be able to discipline them. The Bar Association should have no say whatsoever for lawyers and prosecutors, just like the Judiciary Commission should have nothing to say about judges. There should be a, a review board to do that. Amen to that. You said a great point. It, yes, and uh, uh, you, you, you know, speaking of, you, you know, the fraudulent judicial system, anybody want, is interested in going to the movies and see the crooked cop movie starring Nicolas Cage, Bad Lieutenant? It's in theaters right now. Check it out. <laughs> that, you, you want to talk about a movie? That man puts Big Mackie to shame. <laughs> uh, Remember Vic Mackey, the character from the uh, uh, the Shield. Woo! I don't. You ought, uh, you, you, you ought to see see that and uh, keep uh, keep. We're, we're in a, uh, I guess from a moral standpoint, we're uh, we're, in, we're in a change of times. We're in a society now where kids no longer re, re, respect their parents. You know, parents let kids, you, you you know, have their boyfriends or girlfriends spending the night on a school night and uh, uh, all those uh, all those type things. But where the judicial system is really fraudulent is putting the handcuffs on the parents and the teachers, disciplining children. 
if the judicial system simply let the parents and the teachers do their damn job when it comes to their children being out of line, we wouldn't have all all these problems uh, today. We wouldn't have to worry about uh, the judicial system, you know, being being fraudulent. We wouldn't have to worry about the judicial system taking bribes and uh, uh, all those uh, all those other uh, type things. And this is what I don't understand about the judicial system. You're the one keeping rap artists in business, the ones you claim you don't like. What do you think about that, caller? I believe our, uh, I mean, our government has failed. I believe our our court systems and local government, uh, the police, uh, on up. They they never admit liability. They never admit it when they're wrong. Yet they'll extort people in society, whether they're innocent or guilty. They uh, they they hold everybody else accountable, but themselves. And a, a, a quick example of that, uh, Woodman, as uh, far as the police don't want to admit to any wrongdoing. Uh, uh, remember, Lardy McCarty earlier this year, we did a show on Darius Lewis, the uh, twin who was accused of murdering yeah. his uh, twin brother, yeah. and it was fraudulent DNA yeah. evidence, yeah. which uh, they went by a so-called bloody palm print, which turned out the palm print was actually ketchup, and the police never admitted any wrongdoing, but yet they did pay him a, a major, uh, let's say, seven-figure settlement, and he got to go to the college of his choice, which is OSU. So, y- yes, you, you are right. They uh, do not admit to any wrongdoing. That's probably their city attorney that, that, that says that and handles it at that point. But you know what? That's a human rights violation. It and sure that also is. shows that they lied to convict somebody, and therefore that prosecutor should go, go sit in prison and rot for as long as somebody else did. But of all the fraudulent judicial uh, cases uh, that me and Lardy Miss Carter have done over the year, uh, uh, over the past year, this uh, case that I just mentioned, Darius Lewis, uh, he did a year for allegedly murdering his uh, twin brother, uh, Darius Lewis. And, we uh, still don't know who actually did it. Right. And the, but what scares me, though, we talking about DNA. Yeah. Ain't no hearsay or... All that. Now, this is the type of evidence, Lardy, Ms. Cardi, and Woodman, that both sides, both both the prosecutors and the defense, mm-hmm. go by. Mm-hmm. by. And, uh, uh, you, you, you know, even though he had witnesses and all that, that said he wasn't there, and, you, you, you know, girlfriends spoke up for him and all that. And, and even I had to apologize on the air because I went by that same uh, bloody palm print evidence which turned out to be ketchup. Isn't that weird how you know um, you know that forensic science uh, is supposed to be so well developed that it was hidden even for that, you know, how they uh, didn't even come to the truth to say that what they what they had considered was blood was literally ketchup. So there's no faith even in forensic science anymore. Really, they can fake anything anymore, can't 
Well, there's been over like 200 cases that people have gotten out of prison based on DNA evidence alone. And I guess the point I'd like to make there is that that's just the tip of the iceberg where DNA could prove it. Think of all the other cases where there's no DNA to arrive at the truth. How many other people are victims? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And with that, you know, I can honestly say we got a long way to go, don't we? Well... That's why I wanted to call in. There was a couple things. One, it's like Leonard Peltier. You familiar with who he is? Uh-huh. No, not really. Explain. Uh, Leonard Peltier has rotted in prison for 31 years. He is a uh, political prisoner. He was uh, convicted okay. of killing two FBI agents at the Pine Ridge uh, Reservation in one of the D- Dakota states. And... Mm-hmm. 31 years in prison is a long time. Now, if this were you, I'd be standing up to defend you. I would, I would encourage your listeners to go to www.freeleonard.org and read up on the, the facts of the case. They absolutely would help. I'm sorry, go ahead. What was it again? www.freeleonard.org? Okay, got it. And that's uh, Leonard is spelled L-E-O-N-A-R-D. So freeleonard.org. And you read up on the facts of that case and tell me how he was uh, given a, a fair trial. He's a political okay. prisoner. He, uh, they wanted to hold somebody accountable, yet the two other people they tried, they said that it was a matter of self-defense, so they let the two other people go. When it came down to Leonard Peltier, they couldn't prove that he killed anybody yet they convicted them, and they did so with lies and coercion of the, of the witnesses. Even the judge said that had uh, key evidence not been withheld, uh, strong probability that he would have been acquitted. Right now he's mm-hmm. exhausted all of his appeals. The only way he could get out of prison is for Obama to grant him executive clemency. So I would encourage everybody to call up the president and urge him to get Leonard Peltier out of prison. So I think... I'd kind of like to say is that history repeats itself, and um, we live in an unjust world where the whole court system, it has been a racist institution, and that particular case would, would hone in on that because he was uh, uh, the part of the American Indian movement, and this tied to the CIA's uh, COINTELPRO. I mean, they were trying to break movements like the American Indian movement and the Black Panther movement, and there's been some victims along the way there. But... History repeats itself, and, and I don't know if you have ever read a book called Mississippi Black Paper. No. It's, no, uh, no. I would encourage you to go to your local library and try getting your hands on a book called Mississippi Black Paper and read it. Um, I'm, a white, I'm a white guy, and I did some studying on Montgomery, Alabama, and Mississippi from 1964, and I read some of the sworn affidavits of what went on, anywhere from the law enforcement, um, tapping people's phones. They knew who the people were that were trying to get voter registration uh, tied to the KKK, tied to the, the judges, the prosecutors, the law enforcement. And then you start looking at where we're at today with the Patriot Act, where they can now surveillance us. History repeats itself, and you take a look at what law enforcement 
and the judicial system did back in 1964, be it Mississippi or Alabama. And there's no reason why we should allow the Patriot Act, no reason why we should allow people to, to violate people's Fourth Amendment, the Constitution, because, because they will use that against other people. In fact, they were torturing people back then. They were try, trying to scare people. What's that? So, so the, underneath that Patriot Act, don't that involve hate crimes as well? I, the whole point is that they can surveillance uh, people's tel- They can listen, listen to my telephone conversation, and they don't have probable oh. cause to do that. And I guess oh. the, the, the correlation there, I mean, I'm not if, – if they're gathering information and they don't have reasonable suspicion – or if they don't have probable cause, I should say, because reasonable suspicion is a far cry from probable cause. They are in violation of the Constitution. So we are a system of rule and law. Therefore, government should, be, should uphold the law, that being the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Rick, man. That was good. That's good stuff right there. Perhaps, well, you know, um, for next week, you know, we're going to be talking, in, you know, partially still on the judicial misconduct concerns, and perhaps you would like to join us on that issue as well um, that we'll bring this back up because um, I believe that, you know, what we are going through, you know, with this judicial system, it does need to be um, exposed a little more. And, again, truth must prevail. And I'm with you on it, and I'm hoping that uh, I'll see you or hear from you next week when we get ready, even though we're going to be talking partially about, you know, preachers uh, pimping in the pulpit and some of those that have been um, under investigation, you know, we're still wanting to talk, you know, as a saga to uh, judicial misconduct. And, of course, we're going to be talking as the the, uh, news developed on Anthony Sowell, we'll be updating even as well as that. But I would love to have you back for next week. You know, I think that what you have to talk about is very, very uh, pertinent to uh, uh, all of what uh, Brother Blondie and myself have been, been, you know, broadcasting, stand up, speak up, and speak out about the issue on just just basic rights for those that, you know, enter into that court system or even with our police or just just simply, you know, we're tired of being victimized. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom line to it. And, and I hope I can get this uh, hear from you. You know, again, I really appreciate uh, uh, sharing your story and as well as uh, to talk with us on some of this because, again, we get to see another side and another mind you know, that is like-minded just as our own. So I, I really appreciate you, and thank you. Thank well, you thank, very much. Thank you for taking my call. I'll get off the line, but this is imperative that we do this together. We have to take our country back. That's right. That's right. And before you go, hold on just for a minute and let me get to this other caller. Don't, don't hang up yet. we got 23 minutes, okay? Okay. Caller number two, um, 419-6272. Are you on the line? Hello? Yes, yeah, hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Glad yeah, to have I'm you Lardy. on the line. Well, How actually, I was just listening. 
I have oh, been yeah? listening to the show. Oh, Can you hear me? Oh, well, uh, I am good. I'm glad that you have been. Was it coming in clear? Oh, yes. Actually, it was. Um, and as I was listening, you know, I was listening to your caller, and, um, and he had a lot of interesting things to say. And he yes, went all the way yes. back to the Green River uh, murders. Well, you, and I'm familiar with that. Well, you know, about well, you know, it. I was just listening to all the things he said, but then he touched on that Patriot Act that I was telling you about. Right. That oh, is a dangerous saying. law. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a law. It's an actual act of Congress. Kevin? Yes. Woodman? Are you there, Woodman? Yes. Okay. This is Kevin uh, from Utah, and, and, and he's getting ready to talk on the subject of that Patriot Act. And I want you to... Uh, Kevin, this is Woodman. He's on the other other line here. And on the Patriot Act, explain what you know about that because he had spoke on it. Okay. Well, no, actually, that um, when he brought it up, the things that he was saying about how you were talking about judicial misconduct and you know the violation of privacy and all the phone tax, it goes further than that. It goes much further than that. Way beyond that. And, 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 you know, I was just basically wanting to comment, you know, basically on the whole show, it was a good show, and I was listening to, you know, all the topics that were, you know, the opinions being given, but that Patriot Act is a dangerous act. It really is. It's not even a law. It's an act of Congress um, which violates our constitutional rights, and it goes beyond wiretaps and all these other things that, you know, you were what you were actually saying, but you know, I just when I was listening to it, you know, I was listening to the whole show. I was actually having dinner at the time, and he said that, and it just it, that just struck a nerve with me because I'm a victim of that, and that's basically what I, what I called, and I just wanted to bring that to light again. There we go with that Patriot Act. It's not the first time it's been brought up on your show, and that is a systemic problem. Yeah, well, that is well, a well, systemic you know, uh, problem. Well, 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 you know, uh, uh, Kevin, it's good that you uh, uh, called in, as uh, uh, well as uh, uh, Woodman. You, uh, you, you, you know, the, despite you know what we're uh, uh, talking about, you, you know, I'm still in great Christmas spirits here, and uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, Christmas, uh, Christmas is around the corner, and all, uh, uh, all those type things. But getting back to the issue at hand with Mr. Uh, uh, Anthony Sewell, uh, Larry Miss Cardi made an excellent point. Something bad must have happened, you, you know, abuse or something that led him uh, to raping and murdering 11 uh, women. And that's what we know of. Pers- personally, I think it's way more than that. That. I, I think he's been killing since the 70s. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, especially when you were reading off that one little line there about way back in the early 80s where yeah. the first sets of killings began. So, it, it, you know, it had to have been a long time coming. They probably haven't uh, finished digging up the bones from, you know, 
uh, earlier than that. But definitely, um, Woodman, it has been a pleasure. I'm hoping that um, I will hear from you next week on on on, on this show because um, what you what you have brought uh, is is very crucial to the next show anyway. And I would love to have you on it and hope that you will be on the show for next week to kick off our moment on that one too. Um, I really appreciate your time and 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 also your uh, your talk because it's inspirational, you know, to hear uh, you know the things that have been said because you don't get all time to hear from other parts of other states, you know, that may have been going through things too. And to hear these things, you know, all the more make make it worth the while for the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show to stay because. I know that there's more than just what's going on here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, where victimization and fraud is prevalent here. And, you know, just to hear your story and the things you had to talk about was very, very well taken. Thank you. Well, I favorited your show, and I'll uh, try to get that reminder to to pop up. You know, hopefully I'm sitting in front of my computer when I can do it. Um, and I'll get off your show. Thank you very much for allowing me on. Yeah, I am glad that you were. You know, that was that was some good some good talk right there. Yes. And we're back on the show for next Saturday and it'll be at six PM and hope this hope that you will be, you know, there and, and to join us conversation what may. Okay? All right. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Have a, yeah, Bye-bye. you too. Talk to you soon. Hey. Kevin? Yes. Hey, okay. Um, there, okay, you know, um, we got 16 minutes that is left, and, you know, we were talking about this Anthony Sowell, um, the stranger from Cleveland, Ohio, and, you know, I was listening to that. Huh? I was listening, yeah, I heard, I've been listening to the whole show. Well, that's a good thing. What what happened? You you didn't get on the get on the talk. We we were waiting on you. Yeah. Oh well, actually, like I you know, like I said, I was listening, and then the other caller came in, and he had quite a bit to say. That just really yeah, yeah. you know grabbed my attention, and I was listening to him. I will be looking at that book, Mississippi Black uh, Papers, but I, I was listening. Yeah. I was just listening to the show, enjoying the show. However, I, you know, and I was listening to the part, you know, Anthony Saul and all that. Um, I, I, I doubt if it was, well, when you touched on that area, is it because he had AIDS? I, I would doubt that very much. That's because the man was mentally disturbed. He was unbalanced. You know, uh, well, see, that's what I wanted to get down. To. I mean, but I but, but but I think if it was AIDS, I. They, I, I think we'll have that information by next week because did order him. But that wouldn't be the reason that he did that. You know, like I said, you know, that's no longer a death sentence, and it hasn't been for a long time. And that's yeah. a misconception that still hangs and part of my problem, where if you can convince somebody that that's being disgruntled or my actions or what I'm doing is because of being disgruntled, no. It's because i got a life to continue to, to live and you done trampled it. You you done caused something that's going to have an adverse impact on how I live the rest of my life if I don't have this fixed. That's, you know, basically it. 
you know, like I said, it's not a death sentence. You know, the idea that, you know, it, it, it's more of a... Yeah. Pardon me? Everybody, everybody thinks different, though, Kevin, you know, because what might not be a life sentence for some, some, that's like, you know, the the end of, you know, an era for them, and they just clock the heck out. You know what I mean? You know, I, I doubt that in his sense. case very much. That is just a mentally disturbed man. That might be something that he's been doing since his time in the Marine Corps. Having served in the Marine Corps... Let me tell you this. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps and all those places oh, okay. that you name. I, I was at Paris Island. I was at Camp Lejeune. I served in Okinawa. I've been on six different naval vessels. You go around the world, and a lot of things happen in the Marine Corps. There's a lot of things that happen that you don't know. Camp Lejeune and Fort Bragg have more murders than just like Fort Hood. Fort Hood was an explosion of something else, but there is more stalking and murdering and sexual violence on those type of infantry bases, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, yeah. because all you do is train these men to kill. This is what we did every day. Well, it, whether you went well, out in the field. See, I was in the infantry. Well, you know, so this is something he could have been on the other side of the world doing. You know, he could have been, yes, Kevin, could it yes. have been, even though that he is the way that he was in terms of it could have been there, why go and kill women of the night? Women of because they are the ones that's least likely to be looked for. That was the same instance what he was telling you about the Green River murders. They were all prostitutes. They were the type of people you said, well, she has a habit. Well, she sometimes go off. I assure you, in each one of the lives of those women, and it's an unfortunate thing, at some point they disappeared for weeks. But I know you say, yeah. well, years went by. But that is, <laughs> they, they are prime targets. You understand what I'm saying? Those are the type of women, and it's all over the country. But exactly why he brought up the Green River murders, it was the same thing. That went on for 16 years. The Green River murders lasted 16 years. It stopped and started again. So, and, and they were all prostitutes or women that had some sort of substance abuse issue and so forth and so on. Those are the primary victims for a stalker like that, for that type of predator, because they are going to have, there's going to be the least amount of effort in search for them. And that doesn't matter the color of their skin. It is their lifestyle. You, you understand okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. It is their lifestyle, and that's why he chose them. I see. So he's not really as disturbed as you might want to think. That's 1,000,000%. Kevin, Kevin, if them tricks had had been white girls, I guarantee you the the police would have put more more effort. Well, I'll tell you what. You've been around. I've, I've, I've been in Cleveland. I've been on his street in uh, uh, Imperial uh, Avenue. I've been on the the hardest street streets of uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, Saint uh, Saint Clair. I mean, look, that's that the uh, that's the neighborhood uh, Heisman Trophy winner Troy Smith from Ohio State grew up on, where 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 his where his mother was was once addicted to drugs. Imagine if if she had hooked up with that man. Man, well, boy. Here, she would probably have to, but let me say this real quick. Go home, 
search the Green River murders and look at those women, and you'll see that uh, I think there was some 32 of them. There was about three or four of them that was black. The rest were white. Okay. Now, what we want to talk, we only got the 10 minutes that's left, and eight minutes is uh, dedicated to you know, Brother Blondie's, you know, Christmas spirit. You know what I mean? And I only got the two minutes to say what I've got to say, but we're going to have to uh, uh, take this and put it on the next show. Now, the next show, which is next week, is about preachers pimping in the pulpit. And uh, for some that were also been up under an investigation. Now, while we're talking about that, we're going to put it in segments where we can get back to the Anthony Soil and the Green, the what was it, the Green, the Green River, the Green River um, um, talk that we just got finished talking on, and then we're going to talk a little bit more on the judicial misconduct. But for now, you know, if you got Something to say, and I'm speaking to everybody that's out there. If you got something to say, say it. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. We're going to be talking more on the topic of the alleged Cleveland Strangler, Anthony Sowell. We will also be talking about uh, preachers pipping in the pulpit, and we're also going to be talking more on judicial misconduct concerns, okay? And all of this will be done next Saturday, which is this Saturday coming up, December the 19th, 2009. Now, if you have any questions or concerns about anything that is newsworthy, contact Brother Blondie at Hotmail.com or you can contact WCLarty at FamiliesAndVictimsOfFraud.com. You can even visit the website at www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com because you know this is the place to be heard and to hear what's going on right here on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. And we hope to hear from you very, very soon. And now we're down at the brink of the minute. And Brother Blondie wants to share eight minutes of your time to listen and get involved in the Christmas spirit. Brother Blondie, take it on. And Kevin, Brother Kevin, thank you for calling, and we will have discussions even after this, but right now we're down to the wire. I'm glad that you appeared so we know that you were near. You hear me, brother? We thank you very, very much for even calling, and we're going to talk to you here very soon. I'm glad that you made it. Glad to hear your voice. Thank brother you. Brother Blondie, take it on home. Okay. Uh, this is Brother Blondie. This is Brother saying uh, good, good, good night to everyone. Don't forget, on the uh, 16th of December, this coming Wednesday, uh, Radio One's having a town hall meeting to discuss teen violence at the Lincoln Theater starting at 7 o'clock. And I will leave you. We're the, for the first time in 10 years, you'll hear this on radio, the whole eight-minute version of Curtis Blow.